It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down. But you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Gonna be a heavy, heavy show tonight. Not with like tragedy and such, but you and I have to have a long talk about what we believe and how much we believe it. All that's coming up next. What kind of world do you want to live in? I take that back, actually, too broad. What kind of country do you want to live in? Now, I'm not trying to ask you some weird rhetorical question like a high school social studies teacher or something. I want you to actually think about it. What kind of country do you want to live in? Big government, small government? 
far, far left, far, far right? Do you want it to be a completely atheist country? Do you want it to be a Jewish country? Do you want it to be a Christian country, Muslim country? What set of values do you want your country to uphold? And let's be clear about something here. Let's be very, very clear about something. Countries do have cultures, all of them, every single one. If a country doesn't have one, it won't be a country for very much longer, which is why the left spends so much time trying to destroy ours. You destroy our history and our culture, you destroy our future. If you don't know who you were, you don't know who you are. That's just a fact. So let me ask you again, what kind of country do you want? All right, you have the image in your mind, right? Everyone's answer may be slightly different, but my viewers are going to be roughly the same. Okay, you've, you've got it, right? Now, how much do you want it? What I'm asking you is, what are you willing to do? What aren't you willing to do to live in that country? And I, I say this, and I'm dead serious. Realize that there are people in this world still, to this day, who live under tyranny. There are people in this world who live in slavery. There are people in this world who live in cultures where women are treated like cattle. There are people in this world who live in monarchies where a king can just at a snap of his fingers have you disappear. There are republics. There are, there are all kinds of government across the world. Which one do you want to live in? Which one don't you want to live in? And what are you willing to do to make sure you and your children and their children and their children live in that country? I'm asking you these things because I'm asking myself some very hard questions about what I believe and if I'm ever willing to set aside what I believe in order to achieve the culture I want to live in. I am, as you definitely know by now, a small government guy, period. I don't think I'd ever call myself a libertarian, really, but you may call me that. Kind of a libertarian, maybe libertarian nationalist, maybe libertarian conservative, I don't know. Strong borders, tiny government, really non-interventionist foreign policy for the most part until you take us off and then we'll destroy you, that kind of thing. So I don't know what you would call that. That is the kind of country I want to live in. I want a country that upholds Christian values. I want a country where abortion is illegal, low taxes, low spending, government small. That's how you have to agree, but that's what I want. Okay, but let's go back to small government. That's the kind of country I want. How do we get there? You see, we have lost. We're not losing. We have lost the culture war in America because we let the leftists take over the education system. Really nothing else matters. Everything else stems from there. We allowed, back in the 60s, people who hate America take over the education of our children. And let me pause you for a moment. Don't you dare do this thing I hear people on the right do all the time. Oh, everybody's like that when they're young. They'll grow out of it. That lie you just told yourself, that lie is the reason we lost the culture war. They're not growing out of it. That is a cop-out. You send your child away for seven, eight hours a day to be educated by people who are going to tell him that America sucks, that child's not growing out of it. He's not going to hit 25 and magically become this card-carrying conservative. That's why, where do you think all these journalists learned what they learned? 
all these moronic professional athletes, all these corporate CEOs shoving all this stuff down your throat with ad campaigns all the time. Why do you think they do that? Where do you think they learn that? The education system. We lost the culture war because of that. Okay, that stinks. Now, what are we going to do to get it back? What are you willing to do to get it back? Here's my issue. I'm small government. I don't think we can small government our way back to it. I, I read history all the time. I talk history on my radio show every single day. The opening hour of my radio show is a history story every day. And all these movements throughout history, movements, wars, battles, inventors, leaders, explorers, we talk about all of it. Every single story I've, I've run into in history that has a government run amok, a culture that is lost, not one of them was taken back by laissez-faire, live and let live. Look, just let him do what he wants to do. It's no big deal. It's not my business. It's not my problem. And let me be clear, that's how I like to live my life. My entire life is not my business. Mind your own business. I'll mind mine. I don't get in anyone's business. I don't know if it's going to work anymore. I don't know if we can get back to the kind of culture, the kind of government I want with that attitude. I see this Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, New York Post stuff, and I don't have solutions that make me feel good. Oh, I have solutions. I have things that I want to do, especially in the heat of the moment. They don't make me feel good. But I don't know if there are solutions that will make me feel good. To recap it for you briefly, we all know about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden by now. Hunter Biden has this huge, huge salary working for this Ukrainian energy company. And Hunter Biden has nothing on his resume that would justify being hired for a board to, to be on the board of this country company. Nobody does. And keep in mind, boards are infamous for just being slush funds for cash. Will you come be on our board? Be on our board. You have to show up like once a year for half a mil. That's just generally, that's what boards are lots of the time. But Hunter gets hired for this Ukrainian company, as soon as his dad takes over being vice president of the United States, and he's kind of our representative for Ukraine. Okay, looks really bad. Well, you're a Democrat, you're Joe Biden, so you know the media is not gonna look into it really, for the most part, but Republicans apparently did. And Joe Biden kept insisting, look, I've never even met this friggin' Ukrainian guy Hunter, Hunter worked for. Ugh. Turns out Joe, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop ended up in the wrong hands. And this is an email to Hunter Biden from that Ukrainian executive. Quote, dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. It really is an honor and a pleasure. As we spoke yesterday evening, would be great to meet you today for a quick coffee. What do you think? I could come to your office somewhere around noon or so before or on my way to the airport. Best V. How do you explain that? We all know what the explanation is. We all know what the truth is. That's ugly. Okay, that's politics. That's ugly. Joe Biden clearly lied. We already know Joe Biden got his son the job. All right, that's ugly. Let's deal with it. Except it got so much worse. You see, that was published. The story about this was published not in some weird tabloid somewhere, in the New York Post. 
one of the biggest papers in the United States of America, long-established New York Post, and Twitter didn't allow anybody to link to it and suspended the account of the New York Post. What? And you may not be a social media person. Probably half of you, I would guess, are social media people. But you have to understand, between Facebook and Twitter, there are about 2.6 billion users. Even if it doesn't matter to you, and I'm not saying it should matter to you, it is important, though, that you realize it does matter to other people. Careers are made, careers are lost on Twitter, on Facebook. The President of the United States of America lives on Twitter. Every every United States Senator lives on there. Congressmen, ISIS, the Communist Party of China, uh, these people live on Twitter. They think it matters. Twitter does matter. Facebook does matter. Social media matters in this day and age. Now, if this is the new means of communication, and it is for so many people, If this is the new news source for so many people, what are we supposed to do if they're now actively taking part in an election and censoring out any bad information for Hunter Biden? What are we supposed to do? Let's all agree, I'd rather the government never get involved at all, period, at all. But we can't survive like this. If the means of communication for so many have been seized by leftist activists, well, we're not going to survive like that. That would be like giving the National Democratic Party the phone lines. We're not going to survive. Oh, any anti-Trump thing you print is fine. Print away. Whoa! Anti-Biden? Censored. Not allowed. What are we going to do? What should we do? What will we do? The Biden campaign had this to say, quote, the New York Post never asked the Biden campaign about the critical elements of this story. They certainly never raised that, raised that Rudy Giuliani who, whose discredited conspiracy theories and alliance with figures connected to the Russian intelligence have been widely reported, claimed to have such materials. Moreover, we have reviewed Joe Biden's official schedules from the time and no meeting, as alleged by the New York Post, ever took place. That's what they're going with. Well, look, I checked his calendar. It never said meet with corrupt Ukrainian oligarch. (laughs) I guess he didn't do it. Nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that. And of course, GOP politicians are upset, as they should be. Here's Joe Kennedy. These accusations are as serious as four heart attacks and a stroke. Now, we're talking about a major party nominee to the, for president of the United States of America with an election right around the corner. And every single solitary responsible news organization needs to be investigating the veracity of these allegations and these emails. He's of course right. But if social media, and by the way, Facebook got in on it too. They banned the article as well. Social media won't allow the articles out there. We now have journalists in America today apologizing for sharing the article. I'm not making that up. Donald Trump calling it out last night. These emails show that Biden's repeated claim that he has never spoken to Hunter about his business dealings were a complete lie. It was a total lie. He lied to you over and over. 
because he's trying to cover up a massive pay-for-play scandal at the heart of his vice presidency. And everybody knows it. Everybody in Washington knows it. We've known it for a long time. The fact is, there was never an administration more corrupt than the Obama-Biden administration. There was never, never. Just weeks ago, Joe stood before the American people in a presidential debate and told you that these claims had been totally discredited and that his son did nothing wrong. But now that turns out to be a total lie. Now we can see clearly that Biden is a corrupt politician who shouldn't even be allowed to run for the presidency. Okay. Joe Kennedy's mad. Donald Trump is mad. I saw Senator Cruz is mad. Josh Hawley's mad. We have U.S. senators and congressmen all over the GOP today issuing threats about things like subpoena and hearings and things like that. What are they actually going to do? What are they going to do? We can't allow this. You want these things nationalized? Are you okay with Donald Trump sending in the United States Armed Forces into Twitter's headquarters, kicking in the door and saying this belongs to us now? I mean, look, that's obviously not a solution. Doesn't sound bad, but it's not a solution. So what are we going to do? First of all, let's just acknowledge This is what happens when you lose the culture war. This is what happens when your kid turns into more and more of a socialist in school for years and years, and you go, ha, he'll grow out of it. They didn't grow out of it. They graduated college, and now they run all of America's corporations and the big tech companies, and they run the federal bureaucracy and Hollywood and sports and the means of communication. They didn't grow out of it they grew into the most powerful people in society. Let us learn that lesson, at least for the future. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, I'm still going to sleep, though. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to have dinner with the wife and kids. Maybe watch a little history documentary, read a little something, do boring stuff. And then when it comes time to go to bed, even if I'm thinking about the election and big tech and all these other things, I'm going to go lay my head on the pillow and I'm going to be out like that. Why? Because I have an ebb sleep. It's not sleeping pills. It's not a special pillow. It's a wearable device. I put it on my head. It calms down the racing thoughts that go through my head and puts me asleep fast and keeps me asleep. And you can try it risk-free for 60 days. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off. We'll be back. I'm not making this stuff up. You remember all the coronavirus stuff, obviously. We're not going to go into all that today. But I want you to listen I want you to listen to this statement from Beverly Hills. And it just, boy, if this doesn't just sum up everything, these are some rules for trick-or-treating. You see Halloween's coming up soon, and COVID knows it's trick-or-treating time. Quote, in an ongoing effort to promote and protect public health, the Beverly Hills City Council tonight approved an an urgency ordinance that restricts Halloween activities in the city due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The following will be prohibited in the city of Beverly Hills on Saturday, October 31st, 2020. House-to-house trick-or-treating or or car-to-car trunk-or-treating. 
spraying shaving cream on others, <laughs> except with the with their home within their home or residence or for licensed barbers on their customers, providing candy or other Halloween treats or toys for any person outside the household. And look, it gets so much worse. I read an article, I believe it was yesterday morning from CBS Los Angeles, that you're allowed three families to gather, but not two families to gather. And you're allowed, no, no, three families together, not four, not more than three, only three. You see, because coronavirus, it can't catch other, it can't spread to other people when there are three families. The second that fourth family gets in there, everyone's dead on the spot. You're only allowed to gather for two hours at a time. I'm not making this up. You can look this up. You're only allowed to gather for two hours at a time because coronavirus, it takes time to get moving. You see, it must really, really slowly warm up. The second it hits two hours, then it's off and it's spreading. My point is this. All these rules are so stupid. And maybe the most damaging part of it is this. All the people who are constantly telling you to be worried about it and all the things you have to do to be worried about it, they're not worried about it at all. That's what's so amazing. You remember from the very beginning, it's not even just now, from the very beginning, all these scumbag politicians were telling you all the things you weren't allowed to do, and then they'd get caught doing them. We had some mayor here in Beaumont, Texas, close your barbershop down, you better close your barbershop, gets busted in the salon the next day. That idiot mayor in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, you better close your barbershop, I better not see anybody out there cutting hair. Gets busted, cutting her hair. Nancy Pelosi, same thing. What is it with these women and their haircuts, by the way? Nancy Pelosi, same thing. Follow the rules. Wear your mask. No, you can't get your hair cut. Gets caught on camera, no mask on, getting her hair cut in there. And there's nobody worse about this than Kamala Harris. You remember one of the excuses Kamala Harris used for the Amy Coney Barrett thing? Why we couldn't nominate her at this time? Look, it's unsafe. There's a coronavirus outbreak. Don't we have to follow the rules? We all might catch coronavirus. Here's a little video of how worried about coronavirus Kamala Harris is. And the bottom line is that we are 21 days now from an election, and um, that's, the, that's where we're focused. Would you also say you're not a fan of court packing? That's weird. Now, granted, full disclosure here, I have to admit to you, I went to community college, but I was counting the people. Let's say there was a guy holding the elevator and then this person, this person. I counted seven people on an elevator. But Kamala Harris is worried about coronavirus. But there's seven people on the elevator. It's almost like they're not worried at all. And remember, don't forget, as I just told you a minute ago in Los Angeles, you're allowed to have three families. Don't you dare have four. However, if the Lakers win the championship, coronavirus stays home. that social distancing look again this coronavirus not only is it deadly it's intelligent it's not going to go out and ruin somebody's fun if the lakers win the championship 
It's not going to stop protests if St. George Floyd is killed. It's certainly not going to affect John Lewis dying and having a memorial. I mean, come on. Look, if you want to get together and and have a pro-life event, clearly coronavirus is going to spread there. Donald Trump wants to have rallies. It's going to come. The Lakers win the title. Coronavirus is off that night too, baby. Getting drunk with everybody else. Man, remember this. Remember this next time they tell you there's a scary thing out there and you better go home and follow my orders. Tell them all to pound sand. All right. You have to practice with your weapon. You just do. For some of you, that's music to your ears. You find it therapeutic. Others, you don't. But here's the truth of the matter. You have to. You have to or those skills erode. And now, because of iTarget, you can practice in your home. In your home. It's a laser bullet with the caliber of your choice. They'll send it to you with the target, with the instructions, with everything you need. You load it up in your weapon and practice in your home. This is revolutionary. Go to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Use the code JESSE. Get 10% off. We'll be back. Joining me now, Dean of Business at Liberty University, easy for me to say, and former GOP Congressman Dave Bratt. Congressman, I'm dying to talk to you about this stuff today because you and I see eye to eye on so many things politically. I wake up in the morning anymore and I'm still my small government self. I'm a government teeny tiny out of my life. I want a free country. And by the time I go to bed at night, I want Donald Trump to send the United States Marines into Twitter's headquarters and nationalize the whole thing. (laughs) Please merge my worlds for me. What should we be doing here? Well, no, we're uh, in an interesting world, right? I think the market cap of the six biggest tech firms uh, is now bigger than the entire European capital markets. And so your brain is hold working on, hold properly on. Uh, because market you got a cap. problem. Hold on, yeah. market cap. Explain that for stupid people like me. Yeah. Yeah, the, the six biggest firms, right, in the U.S., the tech firms, which are the six firms are driving the entire market, Right now, okay. people go go read up on that. Right, click on any financial channel. But like Apple's at two trillion, its market capitalization, what it's worth is two trillion, and you add up the top six, and that's more than all the European countries together, and it you know <laughs> makes up twenty five percent of some of our entire markets. And so they are telling you know the White House and the president, hey, we're going to clip your wings, and we're going to take the side of the left right now in politics, and we're not going to post the president. And in fact. If the president tries to post stuff on 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 uh, Biden, uh, we're going to clip that. And so uh, we've got monopoly problems because you're right. Your intuition was you 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 don't only want small government, uh, you don't want monopolies. A- Adam Smith uh, followed James Madison, and uh, so now we got big everything. We got big government, and now we got big titans, and they're running the world. And so you want the government now to come in full force to try to control. Uh, violence in the streets that's uh, taken over, but uh, some of these firms are so big, they're more influential than the White House. So that's the new day we're living in. Okay, well, what about this concern? And look, I have this concern. That let's, let's say I genuinely wanted the Trump administration to smash these firms to bits. And honestly, part of me does want that. 
And then there's the argument you'll get, not unwarranted, that says, okay, you want them to have the power to do that. Then you're saying Joe Biden has the power to get in there and smash up anybody he wants. And you know who that would be. It would be every gun manufacturer and everything else. Well, that's, that's fine. As long as, you know, just pick your poison, just d- define the terms. You know, uh, I don't think you should have any more than 20% of the market. So if they want to bash up uh, gun firms that make up more than 20% of the market, I doubt there's any of those. Uh, but these these huge tech titans have total monopolies, right? I mean, they got 100% market share. And then healthcare, they're working on making all of that monopoly. And then the green deal is going to be in the trillions. And they're creating an entire sector uh, out of political will, right? The whole thing is just a stream of funds that go via lobbyists through D.C. to line the pockets of the left on the Green Deal. So no wonder they want that. How does this lobbying work? I, I, people are unfamiliar with it. Everybody knows the, the, what a lobbyist is in, in general, yeah. roughly. And I think people yep. are under the impression that uh, there's some guy, of course, slicked back hair and probably a big gold chain, walks into a congressman's office with a gigantic suitcase full of cash and hookers <laughs> and sets it on his desk and says, I want you to take this and then please vote this way on a bill. Obviously, that's a bit of a caricature. How does it actually work? Why does lobbying work? What do they do? Yeah, well, the best ones you don't know of, like the lobbyists up in D.C. on the health care thing, when we were supposed to repeal Obamacare, you never heard a word about who it is or what what they were doing. Uh, But in essence, uh, the lobbyists, uh, you can just view it in in economics. we got a thing called your marginal product. You get paid what you're worth. And so say a lobbyist walks into Corporation Z and says, hey, if I go up to D.C., I can get Congress through the leadership. That's all you need is two people, right? You need the head of the Republican, the head of the Democrat. I can get them to sign on to this one line of code that we're going to add to the law. That one line will make you a monopoly and will guarantee you profits for the next decades. That will cost you $10 million. You will pay me $5 million. Uh, but that will guarantee you a billion dollars. <throat> Would you like that? And everybody likes that, <clears throat> right? So they're well worth the money, right? And what they're doing is they're costing our country its its future in terms of business working following free market principles. Now you just buy yourself a lobbyist, you put it in the code, right, in the law, and you've got guaranteed firms with monopoly uh, protections forever. And that's uh, killing us. Okay, how do we stop that? Does that have to be a law? Can that be an executive order? Is it that none of these congressmen and senators want it stopped? I mean, be frank with me. Yeah, no, uh, the leadership on both sides. Why do you think we didn't repeal uh, Obamacare, right? Because it's one-fifth of the economy. So there's Medicare formularies. All the big drug makers are lying, lying in their pockets right, with a thousand different drugs that have to be specified in law. Uh, then there's Medicaid for the poor, and there's the formulary of all the drugs and healthcare that are lying in people's pockets. And then there's the hospital systems, and then there's the, uh, the, the, the all the union power involved in the healthcare sector. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. And so uh, it's very hard to break that up. President Trump is the first person that came in in 40 years uh, that's been uh, causing some damage up there to the to the uh, establishment, and they don't like it, right? And so 
uh, I hate to say this, but right now, where where are Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, and Kevin McCarthy in the public space uh, defending the president, uh, fighting for the Republican ideas? They're, they're nowhere to be found. And uh, that tells you something. If, if we go back to status quo, uh, they're back to lying in the pockets of uh, all the friends. So you're saying they don't like the Trump administration, McCarthy and, and McConnell? Uh, not really. They, you know, McCarthy went along with it while it was in uh, fashionable and winning. Uh, but they're nowhere to be found right now, right when the president needs them, right when the fight is on uh, for the soul of this country. Uh, they're nowhere to be found. Has the GOP improved over Trump's time? I know that we've shed a bunch of dead weight losers like Jeff Flake and others, but have, has the party itself improved over time or are we just kind of treading water? Because boy, do we need to improve. Oh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, they improved when Trump was in charge, uh, right? When they had to say what they had to say, uh, otherwise the president will come down on. And so, yeah, the party got better on China. It's totally switched its tune. Uh, but will they switch it right back uh, when Trump, if Trump loses, right? I, I still think there's a good chance Trump could win with silent majority. But if Trump loses, you're going to find out it's going to be the same old Republican Party uh, searching for dollars and scared of its shadow that you might lose a few members uh, while we lose the country with violence in the streets. Uh, so now this is this is the election. This is the election of, of this millennium. Uh, it, it matters hugely. Uh, because the, the whole direction of our country is going to be determined by this election. What are we doing? What's the Democratic Party doing as far as China goes? I understand there's so much pro-China stuff in the Democratic Party, but is that universal? Are there Democrats out there, maybe Gabbard or others, who actually realize the threat that China poses to us? Yeah, yeah, there, there's some, and, you know, they won't... would be much more uh, careful, but they're not. And they, they are getting funded. The mainstream press, right? Uh, the inserts, even in the, even in the wall street journal has a huge China section that's funded by the CCP, much less the New York times, the Washington post. Uh, they all have China inserts and they're making a lot of money and that's just narrow self-interest, right? Then you spread out the tentacles and the influence of China and all the business interests going into China when they're growing at 10%. Uh, so now they're becoming weaker. And so we'll see uh, if there's any Democrat leadership. <clears throat> uh, Gabby's been very good and, and principled uh, on, on some of it. Some of the left will still be there a little bit when it comes to human rights concern, like the Uyghurs and the concentration and re-education camps that currently exist. Uh, the live organ harvesting uh, articles came out last week again. Uh, they're scared of real-time delivery of organs from live patients that are killed uh, on the spot to get the organs. <laughs> People that are in the jails uh, in China are the heroes, of course, <clears throat> the freedom fighters. So the organs are coming from the heroes, and it just goes on and on. Good grief. Why don't you yep. tell Liberty University to give you like a, even though they're awesome, why don't you tell them to give you like a four-year hiatus so you go back to Congress and wrap some of this stuff up? <laughs> Right. Well, I was screaming from the mountaintops while I was there. So uh, the leadership didn't appreciate uh, the transparency while I was there. They took away my committee. They took away my money. And then finally, they kicked me out of the members dining room just for kicks. So <laughs> that's awesome. I had my Congress time. I did Brad. the best I could. Yeah.
Get out, of, get out of here, Dean. Go educate some young minds. Thank you, sir. I'm gonna. You got it. That's the goal. Keep it up, Jesse. Keep fighting. It's important that you protect your finances. I, I, you've worked hard for your finances, haven't you? You set money aside. You're investing money. You're doing the right things. And the truth is this. History doesn't lie. That market doesn't do this forever. Eventually, that bubble pops. And what we've done... What we've done with the printing of money, what we've done with the spending of money, while at the same time slaughtering various industries and small businesses in America, we've virtually guaranteed that we've created a bubble, a bubble that's going to pop. You don't have to panic. You don't have to freak. You don't have to sky is falling, chicken little it. Just get a gold IRA to make sure you're backstopped against something like that. Gold Alliance will walk you through this. They know what they're doing. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They'll treat you like gold. I, did, I just did that on the fly without even thinking about it. But they'll walk you through the process. It's easy. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, political commentator, writer, and author Ryan Gerdusky, and more importantly for our purposes today, populist. I'm not a populist, but days like today are days where Ryan Gerdusky has to be smiling ear to ear because anybody <laughs> whose small government looks like a, a feckless idiot today. Ryan, I want my government teeny tiny. I also don't want the leftists to have all the means of communication under their control in the country. What am I supposed to do about it? Well, I mean, the thing is, one, realize that there's really no going back to like a government that was around, uh, you know, during the Revolutionary War. That's just not that's not going to happen. Secondly, government already you don't need to give government additional powers. They already have all the power that they need to actually do things. So what you need to do is have Republican senators do things that actually serve in our interests, which almost never happens for some reason. They're always they're always seem to be very feckless but doing anything besides confirming judges. Right now, the biggest fight we need to have is over Silicon Valley, one of the biggest fights, but it's it's basically the priority. Silicon Valley is silencing any stories negatively about Joe, Joe Biden. Probably not any stories, but the most negative stories have come out about him this entire election cycle. Emails showing that his son used his access to, to foreign governments in order to make money using his father's vice presidency. That's, that's the worst thing that happened about Joe Biden's entire campaign so far. It's basically been, you know, maybe you don't like Kamala Harris or, or, or Joe Biden hiding in his basement, but it's been pretty scandal free. This is the most serious allegation against him, and it's right before the election. Right now, um, the thing that Republicans need to do is that there are on the FCC, there is a vacancy, and it is a swing seat on the FCC. President Trump has nominated a man named, I'm looking to make sure that I get his name correctly, Nathan Simington, Simington, Nathan Simington. He is totally for busting up Section 230, stopping big tech from treating them like a uh, platform and start treating them like a publisher. This will change the game and how how big tech um, censors conservatives. Right now, the people holding him back from having a confirmation vote is Senator Roger Wicker, Senator John Thune and Senator Marsha Blackburn, three Republicans. So if you are really motivated and want something to do besides complain, you need to sit there and call their offices every single day until 
uh, Nathan Symington has a vote. Break down this Section 230. I've heard so much of this today. Everyone's throwing it out there, and I feel like a lot of people don't know what that means. Their eyes just lay back and they get glassed over. What is Section 230? What's it even mean? Section 230 of the um, Communications uh, Fairness and Decency Act sits there and stipulates that publishers cannot be publishers and platforms are treated differently so if you are a publisher and you have the ability to edit you also have the ability to be held liable for what is on your uh, what, what you're producing publishers cannot be held liable for what they're producing because they're supposed to be um, independent and they're just publisher they're just they're just platforms that other people publish things on right now big tech Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those websites that tens of millions of Americans visit every single day are treated as platforms, not publishers. So they they are not held liable for what they post because they're treated as an independent organization that lets Republicans and Democrats, you know, do whatever they want, conservatives and liberal. Any ideology is allowed to be on that platform so long as you're not threatening somebody or, you know, such and like that. Twitter, Facebook, all these companies do not operate as platforms. They operate as publishers. They operate like the New York Times does, like CNN does, like Fox News does. They need to be treated like a publisher, not like a platform. And it will give them, it will open them to a lot of being liable for censoring different people's conservative thought. So for instance, if a cable network sits there and gives time to uh, uh, a candidate running for office, they have to give equal, equal time to its opposition. Certain cable networks have to do that under the FCC law. They would have to be stringent under similar, similar uh, laws that the FCC has put out. So essentially what we want is to strip away the protection that big tech has to be sued. We want people to be able to sue these guys for saying you can publish your anti-Trump thing, but you can't publish your anti-Biden thing. Right, exactly. The, what they do in the New York Post right now is outlandish. It's it's insane. And, and to sit there and think that they put out the Steele dossier and it's still publicly available on their websites and it has got falsehood after falsehood after falsehood paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and uh, the Jeb Bush campaign, I believe. Um, opposition research to Donald Trump creating a complete lie that millions of Americans believe about the Russia collusion hoax um, is and you can't sit there and show emails that that Hunter Biden put out there himself. These are not, you know, unsubstantiated emails. The lawyers, the New York Post, I'm sure had to go through every single email to make sure that they're not getting sued for it because they're treated like a publisher, not like a platform. Um, no, this is outrageous. And they and they censored uh, a government website, too, that published it. This is completely outrageous. And they're not going to be able to get this. The, the fastest way to hold them liable without, besides the Justice Department going after them is through the FCC. And that will happen if Nathan Symington gets on the FCC board. He will be the critical, critical swing vote. And it is it is Roger Wicker from Mississippi, it is John Thune from South Dakota, and it is Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee who are holding up that vote. So if you have time, call those senators' offices and demand that Nathan Symington come up for a vote as soon as possible. President Trump has tweeted about him. He nominated him. It is so, 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 so critical. We will change big tech and the way they operate. All right, Ryan. Uh, look, you said nothing I've disagreed with so far, but clearly, since it hasn't happened yet, there are people who do disagree with that. Not that I want you to form a great argument for the other side, but what's the argument against doing what you're saying? This sounds like common sense. 
Well, libertarians have a giant defense of Section 230 in that um, we don't want to break up big tech and, you know, the market will naturally be able to sit there and, and, and new companies will form to compete with them. And then we should just wait for that to happen. Um, that's nonsense, but it's libertarians talking. So why should you assume it's anything of a size nonsense? Um, uh, the the uh, that's I mean that's really the main voice on the right. A lot of these senators though, and a lot of these organizations that defend big tech are paid off by big tech. You know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google, Am Apple, Amazon. They pay most of these right wing institutions and libertarian institutions. They pay all their bills at CPAC last year. What was it? A it was a Facebook like a panel or a Facebook booth or something like that because they were paying tons of money. They know that they need allies on the right, so now they have paid the bills. A lot of these senators now who are holding up this vote for Nathan Symington, so so important, uh, are being paid off by uh, by these lobbyists. This is what has to change right now. Um, and and we have the opportunity like never before because of this nomination to do it. Okay. I, this sounds hopeless, though. I, and I don't want to be defeatist. That's certainly not what I ever want to be. But if all the Democratic Party is invested, and why wouldn't they be, in keeping things just as they are with Facebook and Twitter, and half the, G the GOP is still invested in keeping things just as we are, what's going to change? Well, no, not the whole, the whole Democratic Party is not invested in it. There is the Democratic Party because, you know, they hate corporations and they hate uh, capitalism. They have sat there and they are, they are openly fighting to break up big tech. Um, they want, I mean, the House Democrats came out with a proposition to break up Google, Apple, um, Amazon. Most of these companies have to be broken up under their, under their bill. What they hit Demo what Democrats are hitting them on is that they are monopolies, which they are, and Democrats are right in that aspect. What they refuse to acknowledge, though, is that they are censoring people under Section 230. So there's a Congressman Paul Gosar. He has a new bill called the Don't Push My Buttons Act. That is what uh, Representative Tulsi Gabbard is doing in the House. So there is some bipartisanship on this. Um, Democrats do want to attack big tech, but from a completely different side. The easiest path forward, though, on this complicated issue of, of free speech, though, and, and, the, and the Internet is by changing Section 230. And by changing Section 230, the simplest thing is get Nathan Symington on the FCC board. Three senators are holding this up. Republicans control the Senate. His nomination will pass through with flying colors, and he will serve a term regardless if Trump's president or not. His term goes way beyond the presidency. So it is so, so he was the critical swing vote that we desperately need right now. But there are Democrats who definitely want to, uh, uh, you know, destroy big tech. Ryan Gerdusky, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. Dude makes some good points. Some real good points. Hang on, we'll be back. We got a good video. Technology is amazing. It really is amazing. And I understand some people badmouth it, understandably. I mean, these advances in technology do run certain people out of jobs. So I'm never, I'm never a big fan of that. But you know we have firefighting robots? Look at this. That's all done remotely. 
How sweet is that? How many lives is that going to save? I love capitalism. America's awesome. All right. We have an awesome special for you tomorrow. I'll be incredible. I'll see you then. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.